what's right. Fight for your life. Happy Monday, lads and lasses, and welcome to episode 21 of the Soccer Talk Lads podcast. Tonight, we'll be talking about everything USMNT as the resurgent national team returns for the first time in nine months. After two friendlies and innumerable debuts against Wales and Panama, what do we know about the future of the U.S. soccer program? We've got a lot of overreacting to do, so let's kick off. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Soccer Talk Lads, or STL podcast. My name is Stephen Ground. I have spent the last 72 hours furiously learning how to pronounce Sebastian Legette's name. There's too many letters, too many letters and not enough syllables for me, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, I'm joined by Justin Horniker, who spent the last 72 hours proving that while he is not Zlatan, he is still strong enough to conquer the coronavirus. Justin, still how strong are you enough. Feeling? And I learned how to pronounce Nicholas Giotini's name. So that I feel like I've accomplished everything. I'm gonna, good. I'm going to need an assist on that one because I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> and we're also joined once again by Ian, who spent 72 hours preparing for a quiz that he will still miserably fail. Ian, how are you tonight? Welcome back to the show. I prepared so much in the last 15 minutes. <laughs> I'm much like my college career I like how, <laughs> it's worked for me before <laughs> i like how i welcomed you back to the show that is also your show like you were a long lost guest you know? <laughs> hey i'm sometimes i'm i open the door and i leave and i then i don't come back I forget where I you go to columbia and you don't make it back it happens to the best of us yeah. that's right uh you know guys i'm i'm fired up about this episode i'm excited I'm drinking a, a Funky Buddha Floridian beer because I'm feeling mm. patriotic. And Florida is also, unfortunately, in the United States. So, you know, we, <laughs> we make do with what we have. Uh, we're all about uh, the national team this week. We've got real soccer to talk about for a team that we really actually cheer for in the United States, even though they did not play there and won't for probably many more years. But, you know. Man, it's good. Nine debuts, uh, a whole bunch of young kids, an average age of like 14. It's a lot to cover. So I guess we'll just dive right in, right? I mean, I guess we just do it. Might as well. Uh, the uh, U.S. men's national team played in Swansea, Wales, the not capital city of Wales. I believe Cardiff is the capital city, but one of the two major Welsh cities. Um, home of, of, of Swansea City in, in England's League One, because obviously. Uh, um, and uh, they uh, played a Welsh squad that was, uh, I think it'd be polite to say, somewhat undermanned in preparation for more important uh, European Championship games. Well, that were and Gareth Bale had watched the Masters, so that's the other yeah. reason why. <laughs> well, that's, that's true and very important. Um, 
but you know, it was still, it's still a big national program, not probably in your, you know, A or B tier of, of national teams, but uh, you know, a C tier of, of legitimate European team. And uh, we had a, a nil nil draw that was, you know, kind of the epitome of what maybe average casual soccer fans hate about the sport. <laughs> as Ian chimes in uh, but uh, there was a lot to take away here so let's talk about the uh, starting 11 first and Justin I can kind of get your thoughts um, on that and then we can go from there no surprise that Zach Steffen was in goal also taking the captain role which I think he won by default by being 17 years older than any of his teammates at the ripe old age of 25 <laughs> Um, or 26. Serginho Dest at right back, uh, Matt Miazga and Tyler Adams in the center and Anthony Robinson at left back. Uh, sorry, not Tyler Adams in center, John Brooks in center. I, the two very normal white names, I got him confused. <laughs> but uh, even though John Brooks isn't, you know, he's just throwing a curveball there. But uh, John Brooks was the other uh, center back. Tyler Adams was in central midfield uh, and Gio Reyna and Weston McKinney were also in the midfield. And then Conrad De La Fuente, the aforementioned Sebastian Legette, and Eunice Musa, who I imagine we will talk about uh, quite a bit tonight, uh, were manning the attack for the start of the game. Um, Justin, what were your initial thoughts on seeing this lineup? I don't think there were a ton of surprises in this, with maybe the exception of Legette himself playing that kind of false nine role, which uh, yeah, I know you and that was always going to be always going to be an issue because like with this group, you know, especially with Sargent not being able to come, like you basically mm. don't have a striker, like a, at least a established striker from our camp. Um, yeah. But your, your boy Chiasi couldn't make it from the right. US yeah, he couldn't make it up, and Josie is just perpetually hurt. So yeah, uh, due to COVID restrictions, you can't travel if you don't have a working limb. Uh, but I was really excited to see Musa's debut and Conrad's debut because I haven't seen much of them yet. Um, Conrad, he's been playing with like Barcelona's reserve team, so like he hasn't even gotten much like first team playing time yet. And mm-hmm. Musa is like brand new to the US pool, so that's yeah, pretty fun. Yeah, for those who don't know, Musa was born in the US, then traveled to both the UK and Italy as he was growing up. Um, I believe, but is, you know, has been predominantly in the UK English youth program um, and now hasn't really gotten a chance to start with their main team. Uh, so took this opportunity to start with ours. Credit where it's due, Greg. Good, 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 good. Good job, Greg. Uh, and, and group doing some recruiting there. Uh, but his status is still kind of up in the air. And I think after what we saw this Week, uh, certainly a player that we are going to hope uh, lands here permanently because he was probably one of our standout players, certainly in the first game. Um, maybe not as much in the second, but uh, yeah, definitely somebody we're going to want to keep. So this game started pretty. It started pretty quick. I didn't didn't seem like they were playing super safe. Um, the U.S. looked a little vulnerable to the press uh, high in the defensive zone early on. They seemed a little uh, disorganized, maybe. Um, but then they started showing some of their skill and attacking a lot. Uh, and most of the first half looked really strong. McKinney had an awesome run to set up Dest. 
uh, for a threatening ball through the middle at the 17th minute that didn't quite come off. Uh, Adams chased the ball down and forced a bad clearance. Some other good moments in there. Uh, Justin may have some more to add. But I think my my big takeaway from the first half was just that it looked it looked very different just on the field from what you might expect from a U.S. team. And I'm not sure that was all by design. I think they were actually probably playing a little more frantically and a little more aggressively than maybe they actually wanted to. Uh, Weston McKinney, you know, could be heard yelling slow down on occasion, uh, kind of, you know, as the field general there in the middle in lieu of uh, Michael Bradley, who, you know, couldn't be there on account of checking into a senior citizen's home. But, um, you know, I think even in spite of that, even if they did want to play a little more controlled, these were a group of kids that looked like they wanted the ball, that looked like they wanted to attack and press um, and they looked very confident, maybe overconfident at times. Um, but, you know, you saw the thing I noticed the most was sort of you saw fullbacks pressing way up into the attack and basically playing on the wings like you might see, you know, on, on a Liverpool side um, or, you know, a, a top European side where they have fullbacks that can really run the whole field and, and play on both ends. Um, and I don't think that's something you would have seen a lot in previous U.S. teams unless, you know, DeAndre Yedlin was severely out of position or something and vulnerable to a counterattack. I think, you know, Serginho Dest is obviously extraordinary uh, at just, what's he, 19, right? So he's just um, barely a, an adult human being. Uh, I think but, Mike McKenney's probably our oldest player of that core, and he's 22, so. Yeah, other, it's other than Stefan, yeah, it's, it's insane. So, uh, what did you think about the overall kind of feel of, especially the first half? The second half, uh, you know, got a little sloppier. It was a lot wetter, uh, rainier out there, and and I think both teams kind of kind of played a little more cautious. Uh, there were still some chances and, on both ends, but it was just a little less frantic overall. But what did you think of the feel of that first half, Justin? Yeah, and like you said, I think we texted this a little bit during the game, but I've never seen a U.S. team like this like frantic and energized and like active would be the word I'd use for it. So when I think of like your classic Landon Donovan, Clint Dempsey, us teams, like that was a lot of playing on the counter attack, like sitting back and absorbing. If you think of like yeah. classic Fergie ball, and this is definitely more possession and we definitely have players that are more skilled on the ball than I think we've ever had. I mean, I don't think that's controversial to say mm-hmm. like in the U S player pool, like looking at what Sergio Dest does with the ball. And I don't think we've ever had a player like that necessarily. So I really enjoyed it. I was like having a lot of fun watching that game. It was a zero zero game, not to spoil it, but like, that's the most fun I've had watching a U.S. zero zero friendly draw. I think I've ever had. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's pretty accurate. It just, it felt good. You know, if I, it felt like a, a game where if, if, we had really cared about winning. We probably would have found a goal. Um, yeah. We didn't, especially, you know, in the conditions that the that the game was being played in. Swansea is just a brutal, awful place to play. Who would have thought that it would be raining in Swansea? Yeah, that's, that's hard to believe. Uh, but, um, you know, they so they didn't end up converting, and, and you can sort of look at that as a failure if you want to, but uh, I think we saw in the Panama game that, uh, they certainly are going to have no trouble scoring in Groves uh, when they get the opportunity. Um, 
I just think some of the some of the really standout players here. Uh, I should mention quickly that in this game, uh, Gia Reyna, Nicholas Giacchini. How do you, how do you pronounce that, Justin? Giacchini. Gio, oh, okay, Gio, I, said, Gio. I said it right. <laughs> Conrad Conrad De La Fuente, which, by the way, no no announcers have ever been more stunned at the possibility that an American could wear a mononym on his uh, on the back of his. Jersey. Conrad and Johnny Cardoza as well yeah. is, is a very yeah. well spoken talking point. <laughs> Deep, deeply uh, deeply disturbing to that pair of announcers, but uh, Conrad made his debut. Owen Adesowi made his debut. Johnny Cardoza and Eunice Musa also making their first uh, American team appearance. They were USMNT debutantes, as it says on Twitter, which is just very fancy sounding. Uh, I, I think, uh, I think you, can, you can make a case for a couple of people as man of the match here. Um, Serginio Des looked extraordinary. Uh, it's, it's very obvious that he's you know, going to be a world-class player um he is i i should have said i should have mentioned he is now 20 he turned 20 on november 3rd so he's basically worthless at this point oh that guy um you know he and we'll talk about this in a minute he is among the players in this squad that re- really genuinely has a chance to be one of the probably the greatest american player ever uh, as he matures and grows and we'll talk about some other candidates for that but he looked fantastic he looked really aggressive, um, you know, very high skill, very confident on the ball, probably a little bit of a, you know, a, a little bit, a little bit more suspect in the defensive zone, but not, not something where you felt, you know, contrary to, for example, DeAndre Yedlin, uh, not something where you necessarily felt, you know, terrified when someone was attacking on his side or anything, just, you know, you can tell his confidence is on the ball and mm-hmm. um, he looked great. Weston McKinney, I thought looked, um, really strong and look, you know, as, as the guy who's kind of thrust into uh, a team manager role at the tender age of 22 um, looked just great. And then, you know, Musa, as we already mentioned, um, was really great. I mean, he, he looked hungry. He looked really happy to be out there. Uh, he looked really energized and, and, you know, had some creative opportunities, had a couple of the best chances to score, um, just look like a player that you really want to add to the U.S. player pool um, and figure out, you know, figure out the rest later. <laughs> if you, yes, if you I, can I get him in him there, bad. yeah, if you get him in there permanently, you can figure out positioning and stuff later on. Um, but you don't want to. And I was kind of interested to see, you know, Weston McKinney especially had some comments about, you know, well, he wants has to want to be here, too. We don't want to be desperate about it. He needs to fit here. Mm. He needs to be a good enough player. And I, I admire that. I think I don't I don't want the U.S. right now with the youth group it's got assembled to necessarily be kind of desperately begging for players. You know, I don't want them to be like You don't want to be desperately begging for Julian Green to come play. Yeah, I think is what exactly. You're trying to get at. Exactly. And I don't want them to be like Mizzou when they're, you know, begging a five-star recruit to come to <laughs> campus and even consider offering uh, accepting mm. a scholarship from them. You know, I think... They have a little more swagger now, but that doesn't mean they shouldn't be, uh, you know, texting Eunice Musa at 3 a.m. saying you up or anything like that. You know, play both sides of the ball, but just do it yeah, with some yeah. class, you know. Uh, what did you, who, who stood out to you on the on the positive side in this one? So positives, obviously, I, I love the Musa debut. Um, he kind of had has a fire to him that, mm-hmm. like, I think sometimes, like, outside of, like, McKinney, 
and like Reggie Cannon sometimes we don't have. So I really enjoyed that. Uh, Weston McKinney, I think is probably for as much as people say can be like one of the best players in the world. Like I think McKinney to this team is kind of like our engine. I think he's maybe our most important player mm-hmm. and I'm not afraid to say that. Um, I really like Weston, obviously watching. He's an old I, man, watching, He's an old man. Um, watching La Juventus, like he's really growing into this really solid midfielder who is like, I'll, I said in the other notes in today's game against Panama, but he can be a brick wall at times, but he can also like make plays and dribble through the entire midfield when he wants to. So just a really mm-hmm. versatile player. Um, knowing nothing about Johnny Cardoso coming in, I was pretty impressed by him at times too. He was like one of the only players creating chances in that first half for a little while. Uh, him, Tyler Adams, I wrote some good notes because there are times where he was just like really aggressive and pacey and like chasing after the ball. There's a time where he chased it back to the keeper and like really pressured and almost forced an air. Um, so those are my goods. Obviously, desk turning people into Swiss cheese. Um, I'll talk <laughs> about Reina if we talk about our negatives. I think this game, he looked a little bit not quite comfortable yet. I think he was a little bit timid, which it's his first call up and he was 17. Um, he turned 18. So you get a lot more uh, veteran status at that point, but yeah, those are kind of my thoughts. Yeah. Obviously Con- um, Conrad too. I didn't mention him, but I like Conrad a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think those are all fair, I guess, switching over to the negative side, um, you know, who I guess who stood out to you. And I think one of the biggest things overall, and we already mentioned it is that the, the idea of a legit false nine is, is not going to work. Um, but I don't think that's too much of a concern because I don't think that's actually. Yeah. And I think it, fit. I think it's unfair yeah. to legit a little bit. Cause I think he's a better uh, player than that, but he's just playing out of position. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I don't want to say that as like a bad on legit, but I think that him at the top doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And what, who else did you see? Uh, so that to you as kind of, yeah. And I didn't think Raina looked door. entirely comfortable, but he looked a lot better today. Uh, Matt Miazga, not great. Uh, not <laughs> <laughs> doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fair. He did not, he was the one, uh, that stood out. And I think, you know, I think honestly, central defense is a, a place where we're weak. John Brooks is, is a full grown man. Um, you know, and he's, he's quite good. there, quite solid. I don't think he is, um, you know, kind of world-class necessarily. I just think he's, he's very solid. You know, he's playing in Yeah. I in think Germany. you're really hoping that he um, has a couple of years of like actually health. Yeah. Um, as yeah. To, like, that's really the, the big question for him. And then, um, you know, I think Chris Richards is a, is a guy we can look to there and, uh, hope that he continues to develop, but he's still very young and very green, and that's can be a liability in, in central defense. So I think that's one of our, you know, that and, and maybe striker right now are kind of our big question marks in terms of who sort of fills those positions. Mm-hmm. But I think Matt Miazga uh, certainly did not make his case very well uh, this time, you know, and, and that's fine. I mean, he's, you know, hopefully he'll get other chances. Um, and continue to grow but not everything not everybody is going to make um make this team and be a, an everyday contributor so that is what it is i guess um it is what it is i think it's i think it's important too to just call to mind the fact that you know as much as this was um kind of the 
the Uber dream squad that we've all been talking about for years, there were still major pieces not there. You know, Jordan Morris, um, Brendan Aronson, some of those top MLS guys obviously weren't over there. Josh Sargent, we mentioned Jesse Altador, both couldn't have been there and isn't healthy anyway. Um, Chris Richards didn't feature in the first game. And, you know, like DeAndre Yedlin and some of those older guys weren't there. So it wasn't a full squad. And with the, you know, obviously Christian Pulisic also uh, did come to camp and did join with the team, but didn't ever actually uh, play. So, you know, it's not, there, there are still major pieces missing here, especially on attack. Yeah, not uh, Aaron Long as well would have looked good mm-hmm. back there too. That's part of our problem. So. Yeah. So it's, it's not, you know, it really it wasn't a full, full team. Uh, and I think it, it's important to remember that. And, you know, nine of these guys, uh, I think to, total by the end of it had never played um, in a uh, national team game before. So, um, you know, worth mentioning. It ended up being a, a nothing, nothing draw. Um, and I think that is kind of uh, kind of what, you know, kind of an acceptable result given hmm. all that we saw uh ian is a nothing nothing draw an acceptable result to you and in under any circumstances never okay there should have been a shootout (laughs) ian would rather lose zero one (laughs) for me a real loss i actually think a friendly a friendly is the only world in which a shootout deciding a game really should be acceptable but uh it's not going to happen i guess uh ian you didn't actually get to catch any of this one right i meant to show no, it, but, of it no but i do have questions do these games do these friendly games have any impact on like world cup stuff at all at this point or is it still these like, do not there's no. no there will no be a, a qualifying stage and it will be against random teams um <laughs> it won't be uh this random <laughs> okay do they have like do they have a record for friendlies? Is this how they rank anyone like in the world? Basically, does this impact I don't know. anything? Oh, really? Mean? So usually you have to be in like actual competitive play in order to like move up in the rankings. But for instance, so I'm looking at the FIFA rankings right now. Actually, so Wales is the 20th ranked team in the world. Uh, we are the 22nd ranked team. Uh, we are the second best team in Concacaf because Mexico is up at 11th. Uh, and then, ooh, man, I don't know where Panama would be. I would think that they're probably pretty far down there. This 712. <laughs> <laughs> um, 77th. So Panama is the 77th ranked team. Okay. You know, if it's a friendly and it has, it has zero to do with rankings, then I'm totally okay with the draw. You know what? <laughs> Why even try? Just kidding. No, I think and that's I think interesting. That's like an interesting me, point, though, because they're so young, right? Yeah. It's just a young team, so it's like, even if it is just a friendly, even if it is like a eh, whatever sort of game, it's like they still want to have, they still have something to prove as kind of being like the young blood, the new the new crew for the U.S. Yeah, I think in new this particular circumstance, because it was such a young team and because it had been since February that we got to play any in international games and because we've been so god-awful embarrassing <laughs> as a national program for the best few years yeah i think I comparing think definitely... the mood now to the gold cup game against mexico last year it's just like night and day oh, as far as yeah that. it's a 100 turnaround for sure so i think the mood the the hunger was definitely there uh you know to a large extent but it still is you know a, a 
technically completely meaningless game. So, but it's not meaningless for, you know, Greg Berhalter and player evaluation and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's still very important for all that. So uh, was that the extent of your questions for now, Ian? That is. Okay. Well, oh, wait, oh, wait, I was going to say, who should I be watching on these teams? They're all fun and young, but who should I be watching? (laughs) Well, that's a, that's a fantastic transition to the next question I had prepared for us that I wanted us to discuss for a bit. Um, you know, I, th- I think there are genuinely five or six guys on this, you know, counting uh, Pulisic, who, who wasn't ultimately featured, but, um, you know, uh, five or six guys in the national team pool now that legitimately have a shot to be better than any United States player in history, uh, you know, better than Landon Donovan or, or Quint Dempsey, whoever you, you know, want to consider your first there probably. Would those be your top two, Justin, besides Al yeah. obviously? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, I just think because of that era. Respect. Yeah, because of like top. how, yeah, and how successful they were. I would yeah. maybe put, I don't know, I always go back and forth there. I don't know if I'd put Dempsey over Donovan, but I always want to. Yeah, for sure. I get that. Tim Howard too, probably, you know, deserves Tim Howard, some respect. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but, um, you know, I think it, it, a number of these guys uh, could potentially surpass either of those guys in terms of, I, you know, I think a number of these guys are on track to not just have a chance to, I think uh, mm-hmm. we've got five or six guys that, you know, would be kind of surprising if they weren't better than those guys. So to answer Ian's question, uh, who are some of those guys, Justin, I think, you know, the obvious one is is Christian Pulisic. I think you could argue that in terms of overall skill, he's he's already passed either of those guys. He hasn't built Yeah, I think when you look at like um, that Pulisic is sometimes the best player on Chelsea. Like, I don't think we've ever mm-hmm. had a player of that level. Outside of that, like Serginio Dest is someone whose like talent just jumps off the page anytime you watch him. Mm-hmm. Um, and playing at Barcelona, and he's like, going to be a big part of Barcelona's plans going forward. That's uh, a, I, a right right back, uh, Ian. So he plays in the back corner. I'm not. I'm genuinely not trying to be a douche. I'm just trying to explain. <laughs> yeah, I'm putting my hands up. Which one's my right? <laughs> but he gets he the ball a lot. He likes to dribble it up. To the, yeah. Gotcha. Plays wide he, to the right of the uh, goalkeeper is his kind of starting position, but he'll play that entire sideline. And he turns defenders inside out. Yeah, he's very good. <laughs> Um, I would say, you know, I mean, Weston McKinney, obviously, I think, mm. as you already mentioned, you know, has a chance, I think, to be kind of the firebrand and the the spiritual leader of the team, even if he's never quite at Pulisic's level as, as a yeah, player. Yeah, I think he'll get a little bit underrated because of his skill set as well. Yeah, I think that's fair, for sure. I think he does, he's not as flashy as a number of mm. these other guys, but uh, is every bit as, as valuable, kind of, you know, to hopefully a much better scale, but kind of like Michael Bradley was at his best, you know, kind of a, a sort of a boring player, but still a very vital player, um, you know, to kind of man that central mm. mid and, and keep everyone in line and, and keep the shape and the you know form of the game moving along um tyler adams also central midfielder i would say is up there in terms of of having a chance to be as good as those guys uh would you disagree with that one justin no i, I would say yeah i'd say i would maybe slot geo reyna above him mm-hmm. but like yeah, those are my, like tyler adams geo reyna are my next two yeah i think that's fair and then uh i think uh, musa is, is a guy who's kind of an unknown a little bit still mm. um but 
isn't outside of the realm of possibility. Um, and, you know, he's really the one, the one kind of to watch immediately because you want to see where he's going to settle and, and, you know, hopefully getting a taste of this and getting around these guys and, and recognizing that, you know, he's got a bunch of people right at his age uh, that he can join in and, and play alongside. So hopefully that'll be enough to really uh, convince him to stay. He's only 17, uh, which is freakishly young, um, even compared to some of these guys. So he's obviously got a ton of growing and developing to do. And I think his ceiling is kind of as yet unknown, but those it is are kind of crazy to me as someone like Musa has to in like the next year make like the biggest professional decision of his life. That always is odd. <laughs> yeah, that is strange for sure. And it's as weird an that he doesn't old. just get drafted, you know, he actually has yeah. to choose it. Um, <laughs> but then I don't, I, I genuinely don't want to disrespect Zach Steffen. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to put goalkeepers on that same level and really compare apples to oranges with. Um, you know, him and, and like Dempsey or Donovan, but I certainly think Stefan could be as good or better than. Um, yeah. And I think whoever, like comparing to Tim Howard, his name, I just said, Tim Howard. Like, yeah. And Tim Howard was like one. one of the better keepers in the Premier League when he was at Everton. So like that's mm -hmm. a, if he's anywhere near that quality, we're set. Yeah. He can steal sure, games. So. And he's, uh, you know, he's 25 or six now, uh, which obviously feels substantially older than these guys, but for, uh, a goalie, not necessarily that much older. He's 25. He'll turn 26 in April. So, you know, that feels considerably older than these guys, obviously is considerably older than these guys. Um, but still somebody who is developing, you know, is currently uh, Man City's backup, but I don't think he'll suffer being a backup for very long, whether he stays at Man City and replaces uh, what's his face or um you know move somewhere Ederson. Else. Ederson. Ederson. yeah what's his face obviously <laughs> you can tell i've got a lot of warmth for man city <laughs> um building off that question uh justin this is one i when i asked you earlier um if you you know excluding pulisic maybe if you consider him although you know if you want to give a hot take uh maybe include him but uh which which of these players would you choose uh, to build a team around right now if, if you had to start with somebody I'll go I'll go first because I think I'm saying kind of the boring predictable answer a little bit and and that is I, I do think I'd probably lean Serginho Des. Uh I just I'm I love uh, a, anybody but especially a, a fullback that can play the entire field and, and man that sideline uh, from end to end and and has the stamina to go all day but also the skill to manage both of those things and uh, I'm probably a little biased, honestly, and I genuinely mean this by the style of, of soccer I watch the most often, which is Liverpool, uh, that have, you know, two fantastic fullbacks that both do that uh, at times during the game. Um, but, you know, that's probably where I lean, but I don't think that's where you lean necessarily. So I'm interested to get your take. Yeah, I think excluding Pulisic and maybe exclude Pulisic because of his injury issues, right? You're building a team mm -hmm. around this person. Uh, I think Weston McKenney. I mean, I go back and forth between Weston and Giorena, but I mm -hmm. think the skill set that McKenney has, like that's a hard skill set to have. And it's not as flashy and you're not going to get as much praise, but like he's fit in really well at Juventus. And I think if you're building a, your team around a player like that or that player is like your, you know, your, the heart of it, 
Um, I think that's a good place to start. You can always find skill, but I think it's hard to find those like heart guys that are just genuinely solid soccer players. Yeah, that's completely fair. And, and I then think on I the probably... flip side, Gio Reyna is 18 years old and is like one of the top three players at his age in the world. So mm-hmm. it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I probably am doing a, a disservice to Gio a little bit uh, just because I he didn't play that well this weekend. And so he's not at the tip of my yeah. tongue in terms of like people to praise and, and talk about. But in terms of overall skill, he is definitely definitely there uh ian uh, of the guys on this uh, starting 11 graphic here near the top uh which one uh, has the coolest name if you're just picking uh at random how would you uh, rank your first uh, three or four on that list hmm. like giorina rina because it sounded like one one name sound like mm-hmm. his name was just giorina like a like a, a uh... i could believe that yeah you know, like a Madonna, like a, Bra- like a Brazilian, uh, you know, like Ronaldinho or something. Yeah, yeah. G Arena. Um, yeah, I, I can, I can buy that. You, you, you already pronounced this man's name, and now that I'm reading it, the pronunciation has gone out my ears. Legette. There you go. It is. A, Se- it's a good Sebastian name. L. Legette. <laughs> there's, there's too many, there's too many consonants for it. To Wouldn't be that be a Y it. sound? Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> something about it is definitely not right. I know that. <laughs> and uh, and John Brooks, because that's that of all of these names, other than maybe like Tyler Adams. John Brooks uh, is just like a classic American name. I think that's how you build your American yeah, team around. I feel like that sounds like a president. Mm-hmm. President yeah, Brooks. For sure. Uh, and he will be a president once he once he captains the World Cup team in 2026. Uh-huh. Uh, he'll run for Senate in his home state of I think I just read Pennsylvania. No, that was uh, that was Zach Steffen. Let's see uh, his home state. Oh, he was born on an Air Force base, so you know whatever he, he considers has no his host. home state. <laughs> uh, <laughs> from uh, from Chicago is his where his dad's from, so maybe that's it. But um, you know, and then he'll be president. <laughs> Yeah, Boo Chicago for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I love these guys. I love this team. I love how uh, multicultural it is. It's very like emblematic of of the American melting pot sort of ideology, and uh, you know, especially with all the um, you know uh, messaging and and you know social justice and Black Lives Matter that they embodied on the field this week, um, which you know I think is important. We probably didn't mention enough at the start. Um, yeah. I think it's kind of the perfect team, not to be overly sentimental, but it's the perfect team for America to kind of rally around and embrace at this time. And so, uh, man, I'm just excited. And we haven't even gotten to the most fun game yet, um, which was a sloppy mess in a lot of ways. Uh, Cat, baby. <laughs> it was a fun sloppy mess. Um, the U.S. played Panama earlier today in Austria in front of a water slide, exactly where you'd uh, <laughs> expect them to play. Uh, they played at uh, Wiener Neustadt in Austria, to be more specific. Um, Stefan did start again in goal. Did that surprise you at all that we didn't see a switch there, uh, Justin? Or do you think I maybe... I honestly be- don't know who we have as a back of goalie right now in this camp. So I no, just I looked not. it up and I <laughs> forgot. So, you oh, know, Ethan Horvath. Uh, no, yeah. do not surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> no, screw Ethan Horvath. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think especially because um, 
Stefan's not getting games right now. You know, he's not starting a yeah. lot. In, and I don't think Man, Man City's City. too worried about it, you know? No, and, and they shouldn't be necessarily. I mean, that's not their business to look after mm. the best wishes of the U.S. men's national team. But, um, you know, I think especially because of that, that probably made a lot of sense to give him two games here. Uh, Dest again, uh, but this time has switched over to the left side. Uh, Miazga is uh, still in on defense, which was a decision um but <laughs> tim ream uh, took john brooks's spot and took uh zach stefan's captaincy which again i think he inherited by being uh in this case like 89 years older than these dinosaur. Guys. <laughs> he's what 34 33 um which yeah relative to these guys is ancient um and then uh I've lost my place here. Reggie Cannon was on the other end in defense. Uh, Tyler Adams, Gio Reyna, and Weston McKinney are out there again in your midfield. And Eunice Musa is out there again. But this time we see Uli Giannis, Ulysses Giannis, and uh, Nicholas Giacchini getting both stars. Which, if uh, we're talking like based on name recognition, like this is probably my favorite lineup that we could ever put out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great lineup. Uh, you know, and you, you've got good subs there as well. Sebastian Soto came on and made a big impact uh, in his first game. And Chris Richards as well, who, as I mentioned in a tweet, must be 17 feet tall. That man is It really so seemed tall. like it. Um, I just, I think it's that that combination of being tall and like not having grown into his body at all yet. So he's still like, like he has that lankiness too. to him. Yeah, yeah, he's got that, uh, what's his name? Tim Crouch. Tim Crouch, is that it? <laughs> Peter Crouch? Which Crouch? Peter Crouch. Yeah, I was convinced. <laughs> I was confusing a uh, uh, Harry Potter character, like you do when you talk about British people. Um, in this game, the <laughs> debutants, which I'll say as often as I get the opportunity to, were Richie Ledesma, Chris Richards, and Sebastian Soto, all of whom came on as subs. Um, and this was a game that the U.S. won six to two. Ultimately, uh, really, you know, kind of three to one. Uh, give or take, mm. but um, you know, got got real sloppy and messy near the end. Um, but you know, they went down early on a on a Fayardo. Is that how uh, one would pronounce that? That's how it looks yes. to be pronounced. Uh, yes. Goal in really uh, sloppy um, situation, and then a what was honestly a pretty subpar Reina free kick that still managed to go in because uh, Panama's goalkeeper not so good. Um, hey, and then, just pick you know, the corner. Yeah, that's, that's right. A couple of uh, Giacchini goals, were, one of which was absurd uh, in the two keep-ins that led to it more than his actual contribution. Um, and then, you know, Soto, Lejet, and Soto again scored near the end. But let's talk about it. Justin, why don't you walk us through this one a little bit? Yeah, I have some notes on the goals. Uh, first off, that Panama had no business scoring that first goal or that second goal, for instance, no. for that matter. For sure. Um, Reem. Not a great partnership, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't think like Stefan necessarily paying himself in glory on those goals, but I don't think you can really blame those on him considering no, like the complete breakdown in front of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that goal, moments later, McKinney and Musa basically like link up and dribble through the entire Panama team to set up a Reina free kick on the edge of the box. As you said, Steven, Reina just like casually slots it into the far corner and like doesn't even celebrate. Then you I think have, it was sad. I think it was just yeah, sort of sad. It's a general was, level of apathy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that was his first uh, national team goal. It was just like a goal that 
basically hit the gloves of the Panama keeper <laughs> around the wall, but he still couldn't keep out. Yeah. Even though I was um, traveling six miles per hour, it was not a good yeah. look for the Panamanian keeper. I yeah, I, I'm just happy for Gio. <laughs> yeah. uh, then you have like four minutes later, a nice, beautiful link up to from McKinney to Reyna, who then Panama goalkeeper, who I forget the name of, like does not catch it. And then Giochini just slots it in, has all the time in the world. Um, and then Giochini gets a second goal after like everyone keeps the ball in. Uh, two touchline saves and he basically just like throws his body at it three nothing and then Panama scored the second goal later into the second half in the 79th minute um, where Fayardo just like walked past him Reem at Miaska and Reggie Cannon like all three of them were marking him and somehow he is unmarked and then walks right in um, should not have happened but then everything breaks loose Ledesma unmarked cross it into Soto who heads it in for his first USMNT goal basically like three identical goals here as they did not want to mark Ledesma and gave him all the time in the world to cross it in uh find Lejet on the second one who hit it near post and then Ledesma puts it to the far coast on the last one and then Soto like heads it in off the ground it bounces up under the legs of the keeper uh 6-2 a classic CONCACAF affair and Greg Berhalter is now 13-5-3 and as USMNT head coach you know, he's uh, the best coach we've ever had, I think. Um, I just I just don't know how you could even question that at this point. It's, it's honestly just my take on things. But what do I know? Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a mess. It was it, Panama is, is not a good team. Um, and this was not even a good version of a bad Panama team. Yeah, they're um, definitely but, on the decline. That's yeah, for sure based on who could get there and, and just who they have overall. Um, mm. So, you know, it, it, it was a, it was a, a tune up game for the U S and, and that's kind of fine. I'm kind of glad that we got one good one and one where the guys just got to, you know, kind of play uh, loose and, and silly and, you know, show what they can do. Um, I really like, even though, even though it was, you know, two kind of identical goals and, and, you know, they weren't, hotly contested i think soto looked good in, in his time there um obviously the highlight of the entire moment was uh um weston's little uh um uh, you know what italian handshake moment i forgot what you would even call that but um you know it was it was beautiful uh, watch the tweets if you haven't because it was fantastic um, you retweeted it that's right yes and we shall retweet it again um I wonder if I if I just go to my gift searcher and search Weston McKinney. Um, do I have it yet? No. Shame. Um, it'll get there. But it'll it'll be there eventually. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't. There wasn't. I don't know. There's not a ton to overanalyze here. I don't think it was a, a, a not especially well played game by either side where one side just completely outclassed the other. I think the positive to take away. Um, is that you know it's a it's a Concacaf team and it was a Concacaf style game and we uh, we still played much better than the other team you know uh, Ian uh, Pop Quiz what is Concacaf and what does it stand for That's a good one That's the that's the North American group of teams and it yeah, stands for Concacaf. Let me type out Concacaf. My brain no worky. 
uh, into Google. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm currently doing. <laughs> is each, is each, it's not each letter is not. No, right? con, okay. con, I'll give you this. Con, you. The con is confederation. So I'll give you the first three letters. Wow, well, that is not a good abbreviation. Oh, <laughs> excuse me. I should. I should clarify. Actually, just co is uh, confederation. The end is not Lest you be confused. I never realized how messed up this abbreviation was. Yeah, this is the, the confederation part. Yeah, the end has nothing to do with confederation of North Central yes. America, Central America Federation. <laughs> you know what? You got pretty close. The Confederation of North, Central America, and Caribbean Association Football. <laughs> that's terrible. That's yeah, so you know what? I give myself an 80%. Oh, FIFA, you yeah, that's done, a pass. You've, that's a pass. You've done messed up. Uh, on the curve. It's fun to say as like a as as the acronym. Mm. Uh, but um, when you actually break it down, it, it, it starts to break down. I was trying um, to get uh, Canada in there somewhere, and then I realized that was probably covered by the like North America part. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. in it. They're covered. <laughs> they are in it, and that's the most positive thing that can ever be said about Canada. Um, any any sort of big takeaways from this game, Justin? I feel less confident making um, really really bold proclamations after this one because it was just kind of sloppy. I mean, I think Death still looked great. Um, Reggie Cannon looked a lot better. Um, McKinney is, is fantastic. Mm. And, you know, Tim Remus from St. Louis. So I won't say anything bad about so him. Can't even say though, bad. Even yeah, though he I was think not on, particularly on the good. positive, Gio Chini looked like he could actually be a number nine going forward. Like maybe that's another option, like outside mm. of the, outside of the usual suspects. Um, at least it gives us like something else. You know, it feels like really shallow pool at striker. So that was very good. Obviously, yeah. against Panama, you can't take much out of it, like we said. Um, you can maybe take out of it the Matt Miazga, Tim Ream pairing. Probably should not be done again ever in the history of <laughs> football. So, <laughs> uh, Tim Ream, percentage likelihood that Tim Ream is at least one of the old guys uh, who comes home to MLS to play for uh, St. Louis City. Will we put Man. it at or above 92.3%? <laughs> It's always so like sad, you know, wheel him out. Like by that point, he's just going to get dusted all the time. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's that's a time honored MLS tradition. I don't know why you'd yeah, be upset about it's it. It's like a 95% chance. Maybe he'll be our first coach. He's he's old. Maybe he'll just be the manager and just cut out. The hey, he's 33. Man. He'll be 35, 36. But if, by he, time. if he's the manager, what's Taylor Twelman going to do? So many yeah, that's questions. true. That's true. Um, that's uh that's the two games unless you have something specific you want to say um you know it's it's a taste and i think for me it's it's kind of most upsetting that now we have to just put it back in a box for a little while and wait yeah and you know it'll be an even longer wait to see really uh important kind of Concacaf or gold cup games pick back up i think that's really going to be the first actual test of this team because if if they want to be serious about winning internationally uh you know and, and competing in world cups then they're definitely going to have to be the best team uh in Concacaf, and and you know recently they have certainly not been uh so you know if they can surpass yeah if they can surpass 
uh, Mexico, but not even that because they have not they've struggled against some of those you know kind of lower Central and and Caribbean teams. Um, you know that's yeah. That's I mean, they struggled first... against Jamaica in the past. Jamaica's forty eighth ranked team, Costa Rica fifty eighth ranked team right now, and Canada is it... up and coming as much as we like to make fun of them with Alfonso Davies and uh, the like. Um, but yeah, I think my main takeaway is it's going to be interesting. Aaron Long being in helps that back end situation a little bit more. I think if mm-hmm. you give Aaron Long and I love like, Aaron Long's back end. I do. I always have <laughs> as, as we always say, um, name another center back, you know, and John Brooks, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron Long and John Brooks, I think is a great pairing. Now it's still thin as far as like who, if something happens to him. Um, and I think like if we get the striker situation figured out, that midfield is going to be freaking phenomenal. So if they have someone that they can deliver it to, that'd be great. But yeah, it leaves me with that taste. And now I, I want it again, but it's going to be a while. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, we'll get uh, the MLS playoffs after this. Um, but um, oh yeah, it's not a. It's not. It's going to be a while until we see a, a big games for the U.S. And what I'm okay. not looking forward to is they're talking on the broadcast about a U.S. based uh, set of games, and I do not want to watch that after the high of uh, this set of games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely do not want to see our exclusively MLS roster play um mexico and get slaughtered or whatever the case might be yeah hard pass please um but uh you know we'll get there uh ian are you prepared to be quizzed never <laughs> well you know you're gonna be so i uh, get ready for it because it's coming like a freight train um oh boy <laughs> And uh, the, the topic is very simple. I think I would be shocked if you didn't get at least nine of these correct, honestly. Um, out, of I'm gonna, out of what do you what do you think? Ten or fifteen, <laughs> Justin? Pick a nine, number, Justin. Pick nine a out number of random. Fifteen. <laughs> fifteen. Okay, we're doing fifteen. Uh, Ian, the category is uh, caps. Do you know what a cap is in soccer? Let's start there. Oh no. <laughs> a cap is a um, how many times they portray captain america yes yeah. <laughs> uh is an appearance i don't know why it's called a cap um but it is uh but yeah a cap is an appearance for the national team so uh you know for example i'll just give you one tony miola played uh a hundred times for the national team which puts him at uh 16th overall in the uh, 15 in the um, world rankings in the historic rankings uh, in uh, American players. So uh, we're going to give you name um, and uh, you're just going to tell us whether that person has uh, is in the top 10 for caps in the American history. So it seems pretty easy. I feel like, and I think you'll do really well on it. Are you prepared hmm. for this? I hope all my backyard soccer playing back in the day. Uh, Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is great because we're going to start really easy with uh, Kobe Jones. Has Kobe Jones played in the top 10 uh, of um, caps for the U.S. men's national team in history? Yes. You're correct. He is actually number one with uh, 164. Um, very well done. You know, good, good start there, I think. Uh, 
no arguments from me. Uh, tell me this one. Has Casey Keller played uh, in the top 10 of uh, U.S. caps? Casey Keller, you know, probably a name you've heard, unless it's not a name you've heard. Uh, you know, bald, like uh, many great goalkeepers have been throughout time. Uh, your thoughts, Ian? <laughs> Why is it that they have to be bald to be a goalie? I don't know, but that does appear to be. Well, that's I think there's here. there's a, a optical here. illusion that happens off the shininess <laughs> of the forehead. I think that's has something to do with it. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> we got him. Um, I'm gonna say no. Uh, right once again, you have gotten two in a row. I'm very proud of you. Um, Casey Keller had uh, four, uh, was 14th with 102 caps. It wasn't so, so hard. Yeah, you're doing great. Uh, Ian, uh, this might be a name you're not as familiar with. Tony Miola, um, has he played in the top 10 number of caps, or did I perhaps just make him up? No, that's two questions. I'm not. I'm only answering one question. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Um, Ian, uh, how many Red Bulls teams are there before you? <laughs> <laughs> did Tony Miola played on at least one. Probably, yeah, probably. Um, I'm going to say I've never heard of them, and I feel like part of me is saying I should have heard of all 10 of these people, but also I'm like, oh, I don't know if I have. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes, he is in the top 10. Uh, Ian, Tony Miola was actually the example I used of, of what a cap was, and I told you he was 16 at oh. the time. So, no, I, he, <laughs> I thought he was 16 was years old. <laughs> and then you figured he'd have And then I figured he'd have the top 10. It'd have to be. Uh, yes, well, um, incorrect, <laughs> but you know, you tried and he, uh, oh, he did play for New York Red Bulls, 35 appearances. Hey, um, look at that. I was right. He also played for the, uh, former New York, New Jersey Metro Stars, which was a fantastic team name. They should never have gotten rid of it. Uh, speaking think, of 17, uh, the adage of naming teams, New York, New Jersey, I'm, I'm sad that I went by the wayside. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a, it's a sh- tragedy. Um, speaking of uh, players we've mentioned a lot tonight, uh, Gio Reyna is uh, only 17, so even I don't think I can slip that past you in terms of uh, best players of all or you know, top appearances of all time. But how about his father, Claudio Reyna? Uh, is that actually his father's name, and did he appear <laughs> in the top? It uh, was he a top 100s appearance player? I can't say this very easily. This is not, not an easy quiz for me to narrate. Does he even have a father? Um, <laughs> you know, if, if his father did play, mm-hmm. is, he, is he a Peter Stasny or is he a Jan Stasny? <laughs> oh, tough. It's a good analogy. It's an apt analogy. <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm gonna go so, Peter, I'm gonna go Peter Stasny. I'm going to say he's top 10. You got it. He is. He's just, he's right on that line, but he is uh, inside of it at number 10. Very well done. Good job. Uh, Next name is Peter Stasny. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) That would be ridiculous. Um, The next name is Bruce Murray. I don't even know if Bruce Murray is a person, but is he a top uh, 15 or top 10 all time? Bruce Murray. God, that's such a boring name. 
That can't, even, that can't even be a real person. That's uh, that's not top ten. Uh, you're correct. He is a real person, but he's he's mm. not top ten. So you were right about that. Good job. Uh, we mentioned him tonight. Uh, tragically, he will probably eventually appear for the U.S. men's national team again. But you need to know how many times he's appeared so far. That would be DeAndre Yedlin. Yes or no on DeAndre Yedlin. Yedlin. Yes. Uh, that's not right. DeAndre has <laughs> appeared um, 62 times down at 42. But, you know, he's a name that you know. So I'll give you credit for that. Kyle Beckerman is a thousand. Has he appeared uh, more than a hundred times for the U.S. men's national team? From oh, Croston, a... Maryland. Oh, he's old. He's been on Real Salt Lake, which was not his first MLS team. In fact, he played for an MLS team for five years before joining Real Salt Lake. And he joined Real Salt Lake and is still playing for Real Salt Lake in 2007. So he's Wait for an MLS team that old, no I'm longer not just exists. Saying soccer old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this. <laughs> yeah. This, this sounds like a washed up dude. No, no way. You are correct. He did not. He did not appear more than he appeared more times than he should have, uh, but <laughs> not more than uh, the tenth ranked person. So good, you know, Ian. Only one wrong so far. Two wrong so far. <laughs> Two wrong so far. My bad. My bad. I didn't want to give you uh, unfair credit. Uh, you know, I'll give you another. I'll give you another softball. Landon Donovan. There's no way he didn't appear more than uh, you know top ten, right? I mean, there's no way it's Landon Donovan. How could he have not? Unless he's hurt all the time. Unless he's got splody bones. Ian, it's Landon Donovan. Come on. I, w- I, of all people, I would not lead you astray. <laughs> of all in people. This way. The man, the man that won't look me in the eye. He won't look me in the eye. I'm looking um, you dead red in the green dot that signifies your eyes. And I'm saying. <laughs> you ever do that? I, you ever I, look can, at see the camera I can see his mouth. I can see his eyes. You look at the camera and you want to look down to see if they're looking at you, but then you're looking away. <laughs> Looking right at you. Yeah, now you can see my whole face. Um, he, he's top 10. Yes, of course he is. You did not fall and for he, my cleverly orchestrated bruise. He is, in fact, second. And he would uh, be number one if a certain ex-coach didn't have a vendetta against him and didn't bring him to a World wow. Cup qualifiers or the World Cup, but I'm not still bitter. <laughs> what an ass, what an ass clown. Uh, Ian, a name you're familiar with, uh, Altrost. Altrost. <laughs> is uh, a teacher at uh, Parkway South, or was when we went there. Um, R.I.P. Is he dead? No, is he passed? No, no, okay. Are you R.I.P.ing Parkway South? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just covering my bases. The school, the, school, the school hasn't really been the same since we left. So, you know, we I, looked at, I looked at high school rankings the other day. I don't know where this was. This was like a site that claimed to, you know, actually put some thought into this and not just, you know, like tier list website. And South was like, was like in the 30s for public schools. That's, I was like, that's what? a lie. But it was, it was higher than Parkway North and that's all that mattered. Oh, that's, that truly is all that matters. Parkway North is a garbage heap, and if you can't admit that, then you don't. I have friends that went there, and they were trying to tell me that it was good. I said, "No, that's not true." (laughs) This can't be good. I do. That's a lot. That sounds like that was like the school you would have said like your girlfriend went to if you didn't. (laughs) You know, she goes to Parkway North. Yeah, she goes. (laughs) You wouldn't know her. 
two two grades older. Um, <laughs> Altros, no, I don't think he made it. I don't think he made it out of out of the two games he played or something. He played fourteen. <laughs> he played fourteen games. I'll have you know. Um, but he uh, that is obviously far far below uh, the top ranks of the American team. So good work. You're you're killing it. Uh, Ian, Pat Noonan went to DeSmet High School and is a native <laughs> of St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, I, as, a, as a factoid to, uh, you know, pepper your uh, information, while at DeSmet, he finished as runner-up to Aleko Eskandarian for the Herman Trophy, um, which would be the uh, Missouri Athletic Club's uh, top United States male and female college soccer player. Uh, so I guess that wasn't in college um, award, which, by the way, does have its own uh, uh, Wikipedia page. And former winners include uh, Mia Hamm. So just oh. before you scoff at the Herman Trophy, just think about a, a group that in, includes Mia Hamm, uh, Jordan Morris, uh, and uh, that's, that's about it. And the aforementioned Aleko Eskandarian. So Ian, uh, uh, Pat Noonan. Uh, you know, second second best player in college and a Baldwin native was he is was he a top ten? Um, no, no one from Baldwin has done anything for <laughs> that. Is, that is correct. That was the right instinct. You That's are false. correct. That's true. <laughs> he did uh, tie with Altros in terms of number of uh, appearances, but other than that, uh, no. Um, Marcelo. Sorry, go ahead, Ian. So you think he's bitter? Do you think him and Altrust have a thing? I hope they do. A blood feud. First of all, he went to private school, which was problem enough. Mm, uh, and yeah. then secondly, you passed it. Smed of all places. Yeah. Uh, I think it burns in Pat Noonan's soul that he could never get that 15th cap and uh, dust his hands of Altrust forever and ever. Uh, and speaking of dusting your hands for Altrust, for no reason whatsoever, because as far as I know, they have nothing in common. Marcelo Balboa, Mar Marcelo Rocky Balboa, Ian, um, played in uh, the world of soccer from 1988 to 2000. But did he get more than 112 caps for the American side? The tension is killing me. Yes. That's correct. You are correct. He is sixth all time. Uh, okay. Before we move on, I need both of you to look up Marcelo Balboa's Wikipedia page right now. And I need you just to look at the picture that they chose for this man. If you could, if you could do me that, that favor. I will be glad to. Oh my oh, God. Luxurious. <laughs> what hair. What a man. It's a, uh, I know it's a visual medium for an audio podcast, but well, I gotta say, go this is probably top 10 flow of the podcast that we've ever, we've ever yeah. discussed. So we, we focus more on flow than fly or flags than flow, but this is, this is all time great. This is fantastic. A man that paid, played 151 games for Colorado Rapids um, and 127 caps for the United States. I'm trying to suppress the sneeze. And is pictured in a uh, sweater and a glorious long hair and sunglasses rested upon his head. Yeah. <laughs> Chicago, Illinois native Marcelo Balboa. <laughs> Ian, uh, Josie Altador is, Altador is always hurt and still active. Could he be in the top 10 players? Uh, I have heard his name. I, don't know, I do know who that is. 
Yes, yes, he is. You are, are astoundingly correct. Yes, he is in the top 10. He is number nine. Um, very impressive. Uh, Ian, how about uh, Andy Robertson? Is Andy Robertson in the top 10 all-time U.S. appearances? Like I'm riding hot and I'm going to crash. Uh, <laughs> play it safe, play it safe. Robertson. I know, bigger, I guess, like a greater chance that he isn't, but I guess Steve just picks these. So, like, you know, it could all just be that, that person. <laughs> oh. So it means Jack. Uh, I'm going to say yes. That sounds like a person I've never heard of that would be there. Uh, he is not. He is Scottish, uh, for one thing, <laughs> and currently plays for Liverpool. So swing and a miss on that one. But, sure you know, like dual citizenship. Uh, I, if he does, it's not with the United States. I'm pretty confident. <laughs> uh, let's check. Let's. He uh, no, just just Scotland, just uh, only <laughs> Scotland. So. Uh, he does have 39 caps for the Scotland national team. Uh, you want to do a top go. 10 on them <laughs> after this? I guess that's all I know. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, how about uh, Jordan Morris? Jordan Morris, a player we've mentioned a lot tonight. Smooth. Uh, has played a, a, a number of games for the uh, United States men's national team, but is it more than 112? Hmm. Well, if you talked about the night, I hope he's one of the young ones. So no, you are correct. Uh, he is not especially one of the young ones, but he did not surpass uh, 112 games. And then, uh, Ian, let's close with this one. I don't think you could possibly get it wrong. How about Jeff Agus or Agus? I don't know how to pronounce it. Because I just made it up. You couldn't I mean, possibly get this wrong. Here's a name you've never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> you can't possibly make this impossible. This would be the this would be the type of thing that like if he was a hockey player, they wouldn't call him like goose. They'd call him like a gooser or yeah, eggsy yeah, or course. something. And it'd be like, <laughs> it's goose. How easy is this? And they're like, no, 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 no. We have a formula. <laughs> formula i rub my two brain cells together um they just show you the uh petrangelo ad oh, oh, he's, oh he's you go on um, come on mm-hmm. just so you guys know kenny dalgleish is uh scotland's most capped player in case you're wondering ah, uh, former great, liverpool great uh, team liverpool players yeah Buy any time, Ian. Oh. Come on. I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say he's top ten. You're you're right. You're right. I'm, I I've never heard of him, which is my own ignorance, not uh, not his fault. But he's I'll also won a record off. five MLS championships, and is inducted into the National Soccer Hall of Fame. Ian, you did it incredibly well. Incredibly he's from Geneva, well. Switzerland. Yeah. Well, that doesn't matter. <laughs> you only got. Uh, Three of them wrong. You were twelve of fifteen. I'm I'm so impressed. Wow. Oh, that's that's lightning in a bottle, baby. I mean, 
<laughs> one of the ones you got wrong, I did explicitly tell you the answer earlier, like two minutes before that. But... You know, you win some, you lose some, Stephen. You win I didn't some, cram, you lose some. I didn't cram those two minutes beforehand. I crammed 15 it's, minutes before the it's, podcast. It's still a passing grade, you know, so can't can't uh, can't fault you for that. It was uh, a, an incredible performance. Sloppy at times, uh, but still exciting. And I love your potential, which is a pretty good overall encapsulation of everything oh. uh, jeff and goose looks like a cro-magnon man yeah he really does that's fair <laughs> I think that's fair uh, so yeah that's uh, that's a wrap on the two usmnt games other than your uh disappointment your extreme disappointment at least my extreme disappointment the panama was not the national anthem of panama uh, Panama by Van Halen. I'd like to believe that in like 200, 300 years, it will be, you know, they'll just make the switch when Panama by Van Halen is considered. Like, like, they'll forget like what that song even was. So yeah, just like come yeah. upon it at some point and be like, Hey, they'll why are we like, using this? Yeah, exactly. It's named after us. <laughs> Must've been our national anthem back then. Um, but uh, other than that, uh, any final takeaways, Justin or Ian, that you would like to discuss? I am really happy with how tonight's quiz one. I just want to commemorate Ian on his spectacular performance. Thank you. And uh, I am really excited uh, to watch international football again. It's unfortunate that we'll have to wait until the world ends. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, I'm for one, I'm very excited to see Jordan Pickford play again uh, sometime in the future. But uh, let's see. The next England game is, oh, they don't play tomorrow. I was going to, I was going to stump you but I think they play on Wednesday. Yes. Stump stump as in like a, a shot at Jordan Pitchford's stumpy arms or what? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I've never seen a man try so hard for his arms to still be so short. Oh uh, my God, that goal. So can we talk about that a little bit before we, before we yeah, leave, before we get out of here? Please. So for those of you that haven't seen it yet. This is a flowing podcast. England against Belgium the other day. Kevin De Bruyne takes a free kick over the wall and Jordan Pickford read it perfectly. He reads where this thing is going. He even gets an early jump at the ball and is still like a foot away from getting to the ball in time. And it's maybe the best thing I've ever seen. He looks so (laughs) bad, even though he guessed everything right. (laughs) Yep. Yep. It was pretty awful. His tiny stumpy arms. Ian, real quick. uh, We do, this isn't a quiz. You don't have to tense up, but uh, we did talk a little bit about MLS playoffs now. They are uh, they are finalized, so I suppose we should mention them before they uh, get underway at the end of this week, next weekend. But, uh, Ian, you know, once your uh, predictions on who goes through, whether it's uh, based on fact or completely fictionalized, uh, either way, would like to know. Um, in the West, you have uh, Sporting KC, as I would say, you know, many, according to many people, a pretty shocking uh, number one seed, but they finished number one. Uh, so congratulations to them. They take on San Jose in the first game. Uh, Minnesota and Colorado, the four and five seeds. Portland and FC Dallas, uh, the um, three and six teams. And Seattle and uh, LAFC as the um, as the uh, final two teams there. Ian, I'm sharing my screen now so you can look at this if you'd like to. Uh, very advanced podcast technology that will not wow. give you not give you flashbacks and hey, look at us. Why not even pull the notes up? You could have just um, shoving them in my face. They're not even in the notes, but good point. Uh, 
what do you think about the left side of this bracket? Who who goes through here? Do you like? Gotta gotta rep Casey. You know, uh-huh. not from there. It's in my state, just barely, only half of it. But I gotta rep it. Um, I can't. I can't. No, I I root for the Minnesota Minnesota beat Colorado because no. Minnesota like oh, Minnesota needs God. something. No, give them something. Incorrect. Wrong. Oh, you got to give them something. I mean, they're not going to make it past the second. They can round. have basketball. Carl they cannot have count. basketball. They cannot. They have tried and they cannot. <laughs> What about no football? amount of KG will ever let them have basketball. <laughs> Although you know, I, you know, big ups to the Lynx though. The Lynx win. The Lynx win some things. No freaking kidding. What about football? What about football? <laughs> I needed uh, Dalvin Cook to get like twenty points this week to win me a, a fantasy matchup. He's gotten like forty each of the last two weeks. So currently, he's through. Three quarters with six, so you know. That makes sense. That sounds good work. Good work, Dalvin. Thanks. Um, he's a he's a Minnesota player. That's why I bring that up. So uh, you like Minnesota to, to mm-hmm. advance, okay? Portland, you're going to take your boys. Portland, yeah, I got to right? take Portland. Yeah, I mean that'd be foolish not to. How about Seattle LAFC? You predicting an upset here? Ooh, it's on time. Um, it's on time. I want I want Seattle to go through because I want a Portland Seattle mm, Seattle matchup. Good. You know who else wants that? America. Um, you know, so that's only fitting. Uh, and uh, we won't have you do every matchup, but who do you think survives to the final on the on the west side? To the final? Mm-hmm. One of these play-in teams. <laughs> um, let's see. That's um, on the east side. Yeah, We're not there yet. Come on, east, Ian. Left, I'm sure right, that, do I need to draw? I'm screen. looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. Don't draw. <laughs> You're going to confuse me further. Um, <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> I got. I got to go Portland. Which which one of those teams goes over here? Uh, Portland. For those of you okay. following along at home, Stephen has circled the teams and has made an arrow. <laughs> he's he's crossing Portland out. Underlining, <laughs> underlining. I swear. Okay. Um. And on the on the right side, we do have these two playing games yeah. down here. Wouldn't want you to miss those, Nashville. Our, Battle uh, of the expansion sides against uh, Inter Miami, who are really disappointing. My uh, first place finish, Community Shield winning, uh, <laughs> second in MLS Cup uh, finishing expansion team from FIFA, which is a very realistic outlook on their mm-hmm. team's prospects. They do have Breck Shea and uh, Jordan Morris on that team, so I don't know why they're not succeeding. Honestly, uh, Nashville, Miami, New England, Montreal. Who's advancing, Ian? Montreal. Sorry. And the other, and on the other side in the other game? Miami. Yeah, that's correct. I think uh, I really do think Miami probably manages to beat Nashville because Nashville sucks. I will cross them out poorly. Um, <laughs> I don't know why this shows like, uh, you know, like Bret Hart pink, by the way. But I'm, I'm well, that's that's okay how much it. you love Miami, Stephen. You got yeah, the I Miami so. pink going on. so. <laughs> Uh, Ian, you got the Philadelphia Union up here uh, taking on. He's giving me a thumbs up response somehow. I didn't even know that was possible. Uh, where this podcast oh, is. This really is next level down. podcasting. Hold on. Uh, I wish we could share the visual recording of this, but you know, not going to happen. Uh, Ian, how are you feeling about this matchup right here? 
Philadelphia, and I gotta do the math. Lower seeded team. Um, <laughs> they'll take on the well. They'll take I, you if they'll take on Miami if yeah. the predictions are correct. I think. Uh, I think. My, I think Miami beats them. I think Miami catapults over them. Oh, you think of Miami ten to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're getting everyone a shocked yeah. face. Justin has given a shocked face emoji, appropriately. <laughs> so I would say that is a that is a bold prediction. We'll circle it in, in green here. Uh, Ian believes that the Miami, uh, whatever the hell they are, sure. yeah, this is a, <laughs> Miami enters. This is getting John Madden, getting drunk John Madden like. <laughs> oh, Ian, Ian, I have more colors. Um, I appreciate how these aren't in a straight line. It's great. <laughs> how about uh, Orlando? Don't let me forget to screenshot this, uh, or maybe you should, Justin, so we can tweet that out before, uh, so people have a visual reference. Yes, of course, uh, of course. Orlando versus NYFC. Orlando, Ian, is a team, uh, I don't know if you know this, that plays in purple. So they all <laughs> automatically have an advantage. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? I agree. I agree. I, Orlando all the way. I'm all about these uh, Florida teams. Purple power. So we've got a purple versus pink uh, second round here. And then uh, Columbus <laughs> Columbus and the Red Bulls. Columbus uh, fan. I don't know if you know this. Their fans saved their team. Justin, have you ever heard that story a thousand yeah, million times? Yeah, saved the crew. Saved the crew. I have yeah. heard. Yeah, yeah. 100 million times to the point that you're sick of hearing about it. Yeah, I know. The, the Red uh, Bulls. The Red Bulls will beat Columbus. Ian destroying their family to the one Red Bulls teams he now picks them to a chance. Uh, yet hey, another Red Bulls bias in the Eastern Conference. Uh, and Toronto minus Josie Altador versus uh, Montreal Impact by your. Oh, uh, see, I didn't even know. I'm glad I put that together. Uh, Toronto. Yeah. Good call. That would have been a, a terrible mistake. You, uh, not more terrible than your uh, debacle of Philadelphia going out in the first <laughs> round, but. Uh, anything could happen, I suppose. That's a. I mean, it's like there. the West is so it's so right, and the East is so wrong. I don't know how. Yeah, anything yeah. Happen. <laughs> remarkably, <laughs> remarkably, those playing games but, just threw anything for a loop. <laughs> um, and who's gone to your final here from uh, the from the West side, East side? Excuse me. So that'd be um... which, which of these teams <laughs> is going here. <laughs> Uh, I'm going. I'm going purple squad. I'm going Orlando. Orlando. Now, see, that's actually a good dark horse prediction there. Ah, uh, Justin loves it. He's got a love reaction. So we have Orlando City SC, which you definitely could not tell which of those teams that chose. Versus, uh, you said, <laughs> who'd you say over here? I forgot. Only yeah. one you underlined. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, See, the West is so the West is so rational, and you can't make it out. Yeah, as crazy as my Eastern <laughs> predictions were, the the drawings are just as crazy. Uh, and uh, you know, it's a it's a masterpiece. And who do you have winning the MLS championship here? Uh, let me see. As <laughs> he frantically googles, he's flipping a coin, folks. Yep, I am. It's, it's, it's Portland. And it's Portland, according to Ian. The dream of the MLS is alive in Portland. Um, <laughs> great show. Go watch it if you haven't. 
Uh, Portland will be the MLS champions, according to Ian. So this is a this is the craving drawing craven drawings of a madman. If you look <laughs> this up on uh, on uh, Twitter later on, please don't report me to uh, <laughs> services. I will certainly be arrested and detained. But uh, there you have it, folks. That's a, that's a lot of American soccer. We haven't even talked about Europe because guess what? Europe quit for two weeks. They quit and played in international soccer, and we don't care about them because the USMNT played this week. So, how the um, votes? Oh, second. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> American women looking extraordinary uh, in the Manchester Derby, though. Uh, that was that was great to see. Uh, taking over, taking over Europe oh, as a little as Tobin American Heath action. Yeah, Americans should take over Europe in uh, in soccer and in the real world. So you know. Uh, until it happens on uh, in the government, at least it can happen on the soccer field. So, any final thoughts from either of you, gentlemen, as I propose an international revolution uh, to send us off here? No, um, I'm really looking forward to Philadelphia losing to Miami. I think that's going to be it's quite the bold <laughs> pick, and it'll just show how much of a genius Ian is. Yeah, I'm Ian, watching that, that game. Right, Ian, if you get that right, you are no longer our idiot <laughs> savant. You are just a savant, my yeah. uh, That is a full grab. I can I predict games and time. I, I will give you a clapping emoji. Yeah, I don't even. I got to figure out how to do the emoji. Oh, reactions. That's probably. Not. He but, did it. Uh, so, <laughs> the old man figured out a new trick. So uh, that's it this week, folks. We're done. That's uh, that's the whole episode. So uh, until next time, when we'll talk MLS and Premier League news and and be that much closer to a transfer window when, you know, Arsenal can sign one of these American kids so I can call him my own son. Uh, or not Arsenal. Why did I say Arsenal? That was broken. My brain back. <laughs> Liverpool. Screw you, Stan Kroenke. That'll never change. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining, and we'll uh, talk to you all real soon. Adios. Au revoir. Other French or some word. Bye. Bye.